My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that change of pace last week for the John Coltrane. Thank you again for the recommendation, Josh. And just as a reminder, please send me suggestions for any stories or any individuals that you would like to hear me cover. I love learning about new people. You can submit your suggestions on my website, madeofmetalpodcast.com. But it was so lovely to cover Coltrane and to learn about the little intricacies of his life. Of course, I knew who he was, but I didn't really know. So that was really cool. I wanted to continue that trend and include another person who is forever woven into the fabric of music in our world. I literally had chills when doing the research on the story for this week. I mean, to me, and I'm sure many others, young and old, this person is the literal definition of an icon. Larger than life, a symbol of passion, intensity, in spirit. This person had energy that was unmatched and spiritually moved millions of people while physically moving them as well. We'll talk a little bit about that. To this day, that person is still one of the most discussed and respected individuals in the history of music, though they haven't created a song in many, many years. Personally, I have always adored this person as one of my favorite bands covered one of their songs, although they were technically a bit before my time. (laughs) I won't date myself here, guys. I'm no spring chicken, so give me some credit here, okay? Once I discovered this person, it was actual magic in my ears. I became an instant Lifetime fan. So super excited to tell the story of the ravishing, the relentless, the rock star, Tina Turner. Tina Turner was born on November 26, 1939, in Nutbush, Tennessee, to her parents, Floyd and Zelma. Tina Turner's name given at birth was actually Anna Mae Bullock. In terms of other family members, Tina had one sister and a grandmother, so a relatively small family in her childhood. Her family lived on a farm and worked in the fields as sharecroppers, which was quite a poor lifestyle. Sadly, due to domestic violence at home, Zelma, Tina's mother, left the family and her father left shortly after. Tina and her sister were placed in the care of her grandmother, for a short time. A few years later, Tina's grandmother passed away when Tina was in her early teens, and Tina ended up moving to Missouri after reconnecting with her mother. I also wanted to highlight that Tina had barely any formal schooling, if any at all, and her mother was not active in her life, so she was making her way without any guidance, resources, or support. When Tina arrived in St. Louis, Missouri, the city was cultivating a bustling soul and R&B music and entertainment culture. Tina was naturally drawn to music with an absolutely prolific voice with an exceptional sound. Soon after making her presence known within the local music community, Tina began attending concerts for the Kings of Rhythm. 
The Kings of Rhythm were an up-and-coming band from the St. Louis area, and it was at one of their concerts that she met the infamous Ike Turner, who was a member of the band. After Ike met Tina, he knew that she was destined for the spotlight. Tina had a stage presence that was riveting, while Ike was talented in playing the background and managing the band. After joining the band, Anna May's stage name became her lifelong moniker of Tina Turner. When Tina was just 20 years old in 1960, she stepped in to record a song titled A Fool in Love for a missing singer in Ike's band. The song became a hit, and the Kings of Rhythm evolved into the Ike and Tina Review. The Ike and Tina Review quickly gained a huge audience for their live performances as everyone became entranced whenever Tina would take the stage. The group released several other hit singles and were touring extensively. Around 1962, amongst all their fame and success, Tina and Ike were married in Mexico. Tina had a family with Ike as well, as Ike had children from a previous marriage, as well as Tina. They would have one child of their own, bringing the total children to four. Four boys, no less. Although Tina was a mother with familiar duties, due to Ike's abusive relationship tactics, Tina was not able to spend time with her family as she'd wished. Tina was kept to a strict recording, rehearsing, and touring schedule that had her on the road for more than half the year. In 1966, Tina was introduced to Phil Spector, who at the time was one of the most innovative and sought-after producers of the era. Phil and Tina recorded the album titled River Deep, Mountain High, which did great overseas, specifically in Europe, but was not as well-received in the United States. Although this didn't hinder Tina's fame, as the Ike and Tina Review were still selling out performances, on the heels of their European success, the Ike and Tina Review began touring with the Rolling Stones, a superstar rock band with a massive following in 1969. This tour brought even more visibility to Tina's amazing performances, and Tina released an album with Ike in 1971 titled Working Together. Now, this album, even for me, was life-changing. I know many people are going to be like, what, when I say this? But Credence, Clearwater Revival, CCR, literally my favorite band of all time, like in history. I love their music. And the first time I heard Proud Mary was actually the version they'd released with Ike and Tina. So the Proud Mary remix with CCR would become a chart topper in the UK and a Grammy winner. As Proud Mary gained momentum, it showcased even more Tina's galvanizing effect on people with her insane performances. Again, with zero formal voice or entertainment training, you guys, besides the experience she'd gained on her own. Another hit following Proud Mary was the quintessential Nutbush City Limits, which Tina used to tell a bit of her own story. All throughout this period, while Ike and Tina were touring and making music together, Tina was being subjected to unprecedented physical, sexual, and mental abuse by her husband, Ike. Tina had a huge heart, and although she was no longer in love with Ike, 
she felt that she was trapped in their marriage and couldn't leave, though she'd feared for her life. At this point, during the early 70s, Tina was in a major depression and completely sequestered away from any support system while Ike continued to abuse and manipulate her. Tina felt she'd had no options and nothing to live for and had made at least two separate suicide attempts. Tina continued to tour and record throughout the abuse for many years until something changed. Tina was introduced to Buddhism and exploring this new knowledge would change the entire trajectory of her life. Tina began to practice Buddhism and began to wake up to her own power. She no longer wanted to live stuck as a prisoner in her own home in marriage, beaten and raped on a daily basis, forced to work throughout it all, losing all hope for an escape. Tina wanted to do better. It was in the late 70s that Tina would reach her breaking point. Ike and Tina were traveling in Dallas to a show when Ike struck Tina in the back seat. At this point, Tina had had enough. She began fighting back, and upon arrival at their hotel, Tina fled and never looked back. The couple would divorce in 1978, and Tina was stripped of everything. Ike took everything in terms of financial resources and fought Tina for the only thing she'd requested, her name. Thankfully, Tina won the battle in court and was able to retain her stage name, Tina Turner. After leaving the band, Tina didn't immediately shoot to stardom as a solo artist. All of her career and notoriety was attached to the Ike and Tina Review, but Tina did not let this deter her. Tina worked cleaning homes and performed in smaller shows while also continuing to record. These were much smaller shows and songs than she had experience with, considering the level of fame she'd achieved with the Ike and Tina Review. Tina worked tirelessly in music gigs, movie roles, as well as features on other artists' songs. Throughout all of this, Tina never lost her determination. I also wanted to highlight that record companies were treating Tina as if her career was already over as they didn't believe or want to support Tina as a solo artist. Tina had so much opposition and not many believers when she'd ventured out on her own. But did she let this stop her? Did she let this paralyze her? Keep her from what she knew that she could do? Absolutely not. Tina's career took a turn around 1983 when she'd recorded a song titled Let's Stay Together, a hit that was originally made by the great Al Green, another one of my absolute favorites. Finally, Tina's song was a hit in the States and overseas. In 1984, Tina signed a record deal and recorded her groundbreaking album, Private Dancer, which featured the iconic What's Love Got to Do, Got to Do With It. This album and song would win four Grammys, including Record of the Year, and sold millions of copies worldwide. 
What's Love Got to Do With It was number one. And Tina became a well-deserved international superstar. From this point on, Tina continued to make hit records, give incredible performances live and on TV, starred in multiple movies, and was the author of a New York Times bestseller autobiography. That autobiography was later turned into the iconic movie, What's Love Got to Do With It?, that depicted Tina's harrowing abuse under Ike that was released in 1993. The soundtrack featured new hits recorded by Tina that would go on to be double platinum. Tina continued to record and release revolutionary hits and was eventually inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Ike in 1991. Tina's second solo album was just as successful as her first and another one that reached the top of the charts. Another one of Tina's iconic hits titled The Best actually would outsell her previous hit album, Private Dancer, just to give you an idea of what sort of success this woman was experiencing. What is the most impressive is that although Tina was in her late 60s at this point, she'd had a 50th anniversary tour in 2008 that was sold out for the entire tour. That is two years from 2008 to 2009. In a wonderful happy twist, Tina married the love of her life, Erwin Bach, at the age of 73 in 2013. Tina received a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2018. And in 2021, Tina released the documentary simply titled Tina, which was her final farewell to her fans in life and music which I highly recommend to watch, you guys. Tina was, I mean, it was just like, there are no words. It was incredible. Tina is alive and well, living in Zurich, Switzerland, as a Swiss citizen with her husband. Ike Turner, her former husband and bandmate, died in 2007 from a drug overdose. I loved this story. I mean, so many reasons. The element of Tina coming from a broken home, going through such incredible trauma, I can relate to that so much. But then her coming out as the winner, above all, I mean, Victorious doesn't even begin to describe the energy that I get from Tina's life. So many obstacles, so much pain and heartache, and then the abuse for so many years how can someone live under such conditions but continue to shine like a star in the sky? To live with such turmoil must have been unbearable. But to take the leap, to leave Ike, to take that risk, to lose everything and then gain it all back and then some. I mean, Tina wasn't just a star. Tina Turner was an international superstar celebrity. I mean, her legacy, her style, her energy, the way she enraptured audiences on stage for decades. These are things that cannot be taught, things that cannot be shared. In spite of all her life being considered not quite good enough, being underestimated, being literally beaten down by the circumstances surrounding her, then rising up so far high up that she became what she already knew she was, a star in the sky. And 
Oh, did Tina shine? How lucky we are that we can all dance under Tina's starshine to this day. Love Tina Turner. I mean, and also CCR. <laughs> Don't tell anybody though, guys. <laughs> you can check out more of these episodes at madeofmetalpodcast.com. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. So please subscribe, review, share, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. And if you love the show and you'd like to support my passion for sharing these stories with you, you can support me on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Made of Metal. And don't forget, follow, subscribe, review, tell your friends about my sweet, sultry voice. (laughs) I can't describe how happy I am reading the feedback from you guys. It is, I mean, moving beyond. Absolutely. I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much for listening. I love sharing this with you. Just thank you so much, truly. And as always, my loves bloom where you are planted.